My name is Drew Joyner, and you're listening to the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability, fashion, art, and culture. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. All right, let's get to today's episode. Welcome back or welcome to the Beyond the Garment podcast. On today's episode, we have one of the hardest working young female fashion entrepreneurs that I know. She's a recent grad from the University of Colorado and she runs a luxury bag company named Vogel. Allow me the honor to introduce Laura Vogel. Laura, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I think we were just talking about how it's been about a year since we last spoke and it's crazy how much everything has changed for both of us. So I'm excited to catch up. The growth is a lot of fun seeing you grow. And, and um, when I say that you're one of the hardest working, I, you know, I just see how much time and effort you put into the socials, the the email list, the product, everything you do is on a, is on a great um, kind of work scale. And I'm really impressed by you. And I wanted to have you back on and just talk to you again. So Thank definitely you. fun. That's so nice. That means a lot. Getting some water there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, Laura, uh, let's start with the first question of the podcast. Um, You know, this is a question I always start out with. And if anyone ever is, you know, wants to change this first question and who listens to the podcast often, just send me a DM at Beyond the Garment Pod and tell me you hate the, the, the first question. But the first question I always start out with is, you know, what is your background? Where are you from? And how is it like for you growing up as a kid? Um, I am from Highlands Ranch, Colorado. So just a little south of Denver. I went to Highlands Ranch High School. Um, I grew up in the same house my whole life. Like I never was really moving. I had a very stable upbringing. And I have two parents, obviously, and then an older sister who's about five years older than me. So it's a good gap. But I didn't know that. Yeah, it was us two, and then we always had a Portuguese water dog, so dogs, and I was very athletic. I was on, you know, soccer teams, really intense basketball teams. Um, I would travel all summer for basketball tournaments nationwide, so that was, I think, a really formative experience for me, just, like, being on a team and being with coaches and taking direction and being really dedicated to something, and um, having responsibility that, you know, it wasn't just me, it was the team. So I think that was really formative for me. Um, and then I went to Highlands Ranch High School, like I said, and in high school, actually it was right before high school, I got scouted by a modeling agent in a Walgreens in Highlands Ranch and I was like shopping for a birthday present for somebody. And this lady came up to me and was like, have you ever considered modeling? And I was like, no, never. I mean, I was, you know, 5'11 and at that age, I was probably 14, so thin because you're growing so fast. Yeah. So I was probably the perfect um, find at that age. And then, um, you know, I never had, I'd always, I mean, you think about it as a girl, like being a model, blah, 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 but nothing serious. And then she came up to me and then I went to my mom after that little meeting and I told her about it and no one in my family has any experience with that industry. Yeah. So we just decided to try it out and Next thing I knew, I was in Hollywood Hills shooting with an agency there. I met with Ford models and I was probably, yeah, 14, maybe even 13. And then I came home um, and I signed with Wilhelmina here because I decided like, I really liked that experience. I kind of want to see it through a little more. 
Um, so I worked with Wilhelmina. I'm still with them today. It's like eight years. Um, and wow. the, yeah. And once that started picking up, I quit basketball. So that was probably junior year of high school. Um, and then I went to cross country. So I've always been super athletic. Running is a huge thing for me. And mm-hmm. with modeling, I did a lot here, Aspen. Um, and then once I was like kind of getting ready to leave high school, we were talking about placement. So I had a contract in Istanbul and Mexico City. And I only went to Mexico City because Istanbul was a little bit scary at the time, just with mm-hmm. some rest. Mm-hmm. So I modeled in Mexico City. I graduated high school early. So like the December of my senior year. And I went there um, in January of what would have been the spring semester of my senior year in high school. So that was like the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me. The biggest culture shock of my life. I mean, the furthest away from home I've been without my parents is like Aspen or like Breckenridge, you know, summer camps and stuff. So that was insane. And I was 17 and the other girls, it's like a model house, not like America's Next Top Model, like not as nice (laughs) at all, but similar concepts. And I was 17 and everybody else was like 24. So I grew up really fast. I was going to castings around Mexico. I was navigating in Spanish and I was super exposed to the fashion industry, like on a level that I never, I mean, yeah, I had been exposed to it here, but Mexico city is such an artistic hub. And so Mm -hmm. I met, you know, runway coordinators, photographers, e-commerce directors, the marketing teams that were on the shoot. So I wasn't only meeting models and agents. I was also seeing the whole business side of it. So definitely when I was there, I started realizing, cause I, I was, you know, deciding about college. So when I was there, I committed to see you either right when I was leaving or when I got home. Mm-hmm. And that was because I just realized that I was so attracted to the business side of it. And like, I realized I was very creative and I loved modeling and it, you know, made me who I am. But that experience is what made me like super, you know, I'm going to do the business side. I know I can do this. So then I went to business school at CU and studied finance and marketing and had a lot of international exposure there, which is another reason why I chose CU because I wanted to keep traveling and I had this huge fire under my ass to keep traveling. So, um, freshman year at CU, I went to Milan, Italy with a class. So it was actually a super unique experience. I I haven't really heard of any other schools that do something like this, but yeah, yeah, it was called first year global experience. So I, it was a semester long class where we studied like the entire class was focused on the made in Italy product attribute. And so that's what I do now. Um, and over spring break, we actually went to Milan and met with like Armani, Parmigiana Reggiano, um, Diesel, Marnie, Ferrari, Pagani. Like we met all these companies that, you know, have the Italian heritage. So definitely. Yeah, that was the coolest thing and really exposed me to Italy. And then I just kept traveling and traveling and then I studied abroad there and that's how this all happened. But Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great story and you have it down and um the the thing that kind of stands out to me the most, and I, I don't know if I've told you this, is the um when you're in Mexico City, right? I mean kind of backtracking a little bit, like it wasn't just enough for you to be a model. You really had that interest in the business side, in the um 
the the other aspects of the shoot going on with the different individuals who were kind of facilitating the the shoot kind of behind the scenes or you know in the shadows per se right because because the models and the pieces are, are what's really being shown off right um I, I love that hunger and i think a lot of people can kind of learn something from that right uh you know laura wasn't just a model she she has her and she has an and statement to her she has something you know, beyond just the one aspect or the one skill set. So I think that's really powerful. Backtracking even further, though, um, this is really random. But I just was I just was thinking about this. So wait, when did you graduate high school? Because I there's a there's a possibility that I was I I played basketball. I I went to Grandview, so I I, I played oh, basketball yeah. in the same gym, like we were in the same place potentially at the same time because I think. Uh, I think girls play before guys. If if it's if I'm not mistaken, in, in high yeah, school, I'm pretty sure that's true. When did you graduate high school? 2016. 2016. So yeah, definitely. Because I remember in uh, if you were still playing, like you know, freshman sophomore year of high school, I was I graduated 2015, and when I was a junior, we played in Highlands Ranch, and I'll never forget that game. It was an unbelievable game, and we won. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an unbelievable game because that your guys's crowd was uh awesome literally awesome yeah um, and, and i'll never forget that yeah that was one of the fun parts was everybody went to every game so that was really fun not girls necessarily but... not girls necessarily unfortunately you know i vehemently believe that girls need more attention when it comes to sports and basketball is one of them for sure yeah. um but you know, just speaking on obviously that that experience that I had it was a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. we were we were in the same area at the same time, didn't know each other, but now here we are talking to each other. I always feel like yeah, that's so crazy. That's, that's always crazy. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit about um. Let's talk a little bit about you know why you decided to, um, like where does the interest for the business side come from? Obviously, you're in Mexico City. You're, you're shooting. The story is kind of crazy. You know, if you just were to just tell it and I didn't know it, I already knew it. But like if you're listening right now and you're like a girl who's 14 just gets stopped by someone who's in Walgreens and she ends up going to Mexico City three years later and, yeah. and does all these things. Um, but I guess the Mexico City part is the most important part I'm kind of poking at right now, which is, you know, why did you kind of just want to like be a part of the business side or understand the business side a little bit more? Like what what was that reason? I think honestly, it was a mixture of things. And I was at such a fork in the road with like modeling versus school as well. Um, I mean, I think also right before I went to Mexico City, I got accepted into the business school. So that was like kind of in the back of my head the whole time. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Right. And I mean, I've never... I don't know. Like I remember growing up, I would always ask my dad, especially like, how do people have their own businesses? How do people, you know, like I, and my mom always loved Kate Spade. So we would always bond over that. And I loved, I don't remember when I first heard Kate Spade's story, but I did hear it at a young age. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of obsessed with that, that someone could do that. And like you see all these brands growing up, but you don't really like think about where they come from. And I always did. I always was wondering like, who's behind that? How did that happen? And I don't, I can't really pin it to one thing, but I did always notice even before Mexico City, like just at jobs in Denver that I was so curious about like the designer and the runway producer and the 
you know, the marketing teams that were there and the dressers, like every position, I just wanted to know about everything. Mm -hmm. Like even the people that were literally dressing you, putting the shoes on me. Like I always wanted to know, how'd you get there? How'd you start that? Did you ever have a job before that? And I don't know what that comes, where that comes from, but I've always just been really curious. Yeah. And so I think, you know, with modeling, it's such a amazing, it's an amazing experience for anyone young. Like it puts you into so many professional experiences at a really young age and you're around adults and you're working like in professional settings. Mm-hmm. And, but it also comes down to like, cause you know, in the back of your mind, like even the top girls it's changing now with social media, but back in 2016, which is crazy to say that, but it has changed so much since then mm-hmm. you do kind of have that. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'll have a big career until I'm 25, but then that's like, that's 25. It. 627 yeah like once you hit 30 now it's different with social media like I said with partnerships and you know all that but before social media and I feel like it was still kind of just starting at that time but you knew your career was going to kind of die out at that age if you're lucky so I was always kind of looking for longevity and both of my parents were in my ear like yeah this is great but you could do this you could explore the business route and all that so I think it was like this curiosity I've always had. Definitely. And then also like a reality check every once in a while of how far can I really take this? Definitely. And I still model now and it's like amazing, but I really don't regret going to business school and pursuing that side of it as well. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a very smart decision, honestly. And I, yeah. um, it's just logical. Um, you, you like, you have to look at it five years, 10 years down the road and you can only model for so long. But you can own a business and run a business until you're dead, essentially, right? Yeah, um, and I could have I explored like the gap year option because a lot of the girls I met had taken like, you know, time off and they were going to go back to school. And I, I thought about that and I just, I don't know. I just was drawn to going to school, so. Definitely. I think also one other thing that you pointed at was um, curiosity, and I, I can't remember. I was looking to my left here because I was. I have a. I have a book case or bookshelf. I can't remember what book it was, but there is a book I read, um, and it was all about curiosity. It was the whole point was about being curious and how important that is, and how um, different athletes, uh, different uh, producers, movie producers, different successful business people have that curiosity, and that's where it really starts: is being able to ask questions. How did you do this? How did you get here? Where did you, why? Why did you do it like this? And that's um, one of the things I love is sports. And obviously, you you're obviously a, a fan probably too. And you you know were grew up on sports. But the late great Kobe Bryant, one of one of his main kind of messages was how curious he was when he was like a rookie, right? He would always ask, uh, you know, different players, how do you get through screens when you're in your playing basketball? Or how do you, how do you um, get your shot off when a guy's hugging you tight? Things like that. I love, I love the curiosity thing. Um, but let's kind of talk about Vogue. We've been doing a lot of talking about the origin and I'm getting, getting carried away with that kind of stuff. <laughs> what is the famed origin story of Vogue? Because I know you, I know you've had to say it several times and, uh, you're going to say it one more time. So what is, what is the origin story of, of your business, your brand? It's kind of a crazy story. I was telling it the other day and it's also something I struggle with, like, you know, the communication of the story, like it's still not on my Instagram page. Like I need to get better at that and communicate it more. I just, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, but it's one of those things where I took a lot of risks and got myself to this point, but also like the stars aligned and I met my manufacturer four days before I was leaving. But I, like I said, I went to Milan freshman year of college. And on that trip, we actually visited the school that I studied at junior year when I started Vogel. So like, that's why I went back to Milan to study abroad. Cause that wasn't high on my list, but mm-hmm. because I had visited the school and like taken a mock class there, I wanted to go back to Milan. So then junior year, spring semester, which was 2019, I studied abroad in Milan at Bocconi University, which is like a business slash fashion school there. It's business of fashion, not fashion school. It's not design, but um, I was an exchange student. So I wasn't in like a big program of CU kids. There was only two of us that went over Um, and we were fully exchanged, which is what I wanted because I wanted a super independent experience. I wanted to like not really have attendance and I wanted to travel as much as I could. And I didn't want to live in like a big student dorm and, you know, have field trips all the time. So I was on that exchange student program by myself with another girl from my sorority she came with me and we lived in an airbnb in the navigli neighborhood which if you're going to milan stay in navigli or get dinner in navigli it's the best place so we lived on the canal in an airbnb and we were there from january to june so six months and Mm -hmm. i had no no intention of starting a business literally never could have dreamt that never could have made that up like I was not thinking about that in the slightest and I was over there and I was just traveling a lot like I went to a lot of different places so I wasn't really at the apartment a ton and then I would say there were a few weeks where I was there for like a two or three week period and we were in an apartment building where there was a plaza in the middle which most buildings there and you know here where the pool would be they have that And in our plaza, there was a motorcycle repair shop slash bar lounge. And it was like in the same building, this tiny little building. It was so cool. But for a while, it was closed. Like, I think it opened probably in March. So we didn't Mm -hmm. see the people at all. And like, there was no activity. So we didn't really know what it was. And then we were on the ground floor of the apartment building. So, you know, in Italy and in Europe, there's the, when you're going into the apartment building, there's the small doors and then there's the huge gated doors right so they would open the gated doors and drive their cars through or drive their motorcycles through and it was literally like a paper thin wall between that and our pillow so that's all we would hear and we were like what is this what is this commotion um and we realized that they were having like parties and they were fixing bikes and all that so and then they started seeing us coming in and out little American girls, you know, coming in and out. So they would knock on our window and be like, come have a beer, come have chips with us, come hang out with us. And we would like crack the window open and be like, no, grazie. (laughs) (laughs) scared. And then after like a few weeks, we started warming up to them because we were like, they seem really cool actually. So why not? So we went over there together and we started hanging out with them like after class and stuff. And we'd have chips with them and we'd play music and you know whatever and I was over there one day by myself I think my roommate was in class or something and nobody was there besides the two guys and they were like do you want a tour of the place like we've never really done that nobody's here so I was like yeah sure and they were showing me around and there's the motor the bike repair shop and then the lounge 
And then upstairs in the lounge, there's like a loft and they were making these really cool leather jackets. And it was like, some of them were just basic and some of them had like really cool patches and they had helmets and gloves. Mm -hmm. And at this point, this was probably mid April. So I'd already been traveling Italy and traveling Europe and becoming really inspired. Their fashion scene, especially in Italy is just on another level. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. So I was super inspired by that. And then where I was living right across the river from that is the fashion district of Milan, like actually where, so in February I would see the models going to their castings and stuff. So over there they had little, I don't want to say mom and pop, but kind of um, like handbag stores and wallet stores and shoe stores. I was seeing like the Italian leather and Mm. I mean, things were, I bought bags for like 60 euros. So it wasn't even that expensive. Mm. It was made there and it wasn't, you know, designer. So I was buying cute little bags before I'd go to Florence or before I would go to Rome, like, you know, just because when in Rome, so I was, you know, buying them. I'd never been a big accessories or handbag person ever. Um, But something about it there and just the scene and how integral it is to their shopping lifestyle and you know it's art there and it's their heritage and they're so proud of like their leather artisanship so I'd already been thinking about it at this point and I you know you see so many stores throughout Italy with handbags and stuff and for me I don't know if other people would think this way but I was like how hard can it be to like meet somebody that supplies it or how can I learn about the industry or, or whatever so I when I when he showed me all the leather jackets and stuff I was like you know, starting to have my wheels turning. And I said, where are you getting all your leather? Are you guys making these? Are you guys buying them? And he said, oh yeah, well we buy some of them. And then sometimes we'll like repair them or, you know, change them up with the leather in our motorcycle shop from leftover from repairing the seats on the bikes. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, so where are you getting that? (laughs) And I was probably being annoying, but again, it was just like my curiosity and yeah. And he, you know, they were so nice. So He said, he had like a smile, like he knew where I was going with it. And he said, well, I'm going tomorrow to to pick up more leather from our guy if you want to come with me. And at this point, you know, abroad, I was like, I'm going to say yes to everything. So I said yes. And he picked me up in the morning and we drove um, kind of like up by the Duomo and the castle and stuff, like not that far. And we like pulled up. We go down this, you know, narrow staircase and it opens up into this like atelier basement. Yeah. And he, it was like this Italian guy, mattress on the floor and then just leather, you know, fabrics, magazine covers, everything you could imagine, just blasting music. And I was like dying. I was so excited to be there. I'd never seen something like that. And they were picking up just like um, rolls of leather, like just leather but he gave me um, like a pamphlet kind of, or like a brochure of leather swatches and it had a phone number on it. And he said, you can contact this guy. Um, I'm sure he would love to help or, you know, meet you or whatever. So through that, I started WhatsApping, you know, that guy. And then I met him and I just kind of like was networking in Italy (laughs) with these guys. And they were all so nice and wanted to help me. And but they only had like carpet rolls of leather. There was no handbag manufacturer that I was meeting. So then I would have to 
you know, find someone to zip it or, you know, make the zipper, get the hardware, you know, make the bag. Yeah. And this was probably mid-May now and I was going home on June 4th. So I was like, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. So I just, you know, kind of, you know, washed it and thought this is great. I made contacts. I learned a lot, but not going to happen. And then literally, I think it was May 31st or May 30th. The first contact messaged me on WhatsApp and said, I have one guy, he makes the full handbag and he'll, he's willing to meet you today if you'll go. And I was like, oh my God, do I want to do this again? Like I kind of had moved on from it, this, you know, and it was kind of far out of the city. So I just was like, I'm always going to wonder, I have to go. So I went and I took the Metro and then another guy picked me up at the Metro station and we pull up and I was expecting like a warehouse or a factory, but it was really just a house. And that's kind of how it is in Italy. You know, they're just all in their homes or small factories, hand making everything on a small team, which is why it's such high quality. And he came out and greeted us and welcomed me in and showed me all of his bags. And then, you know, I could have, so I could have bought anything at wholesale and put my logo on it, but I wanted to design it myself and the shoulder bag idea you know, I'd already seen so many people in Italy wearing shoulder bags. And I've noticed over the years, like if Europe has a trend, it likely will come to the U.S. about two years later. Um, So I was like, this is either going to blow up or it's going to be a wash. But I wanted, if I'm going to start a brand, you know, I wanted it to be my own design and be authentic from the beginning. So he was willing to go through a prototyping process with me. And I was sitting there in his living room with all the bags and stuff. And I just pretended like I knew what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, yeah, let's prototype. And he was, you know, like, okay, send me your designs and I'll get started. And I was like, okay, great. (laughs) And I left and I was like, what am I going to do? Um, So then I flew back to Denver, you know, four days later and I started ordering shoulder bags on like Amazon and ASOS and cutting them up and wearing them around and seeing what I liked and seeing how the ones I liked were made when I cut them up. And then I drew a design on literally notebook paper. I sketched it out and Mm -hmm. mailed it to him. I (laughs) marched over to UPS, mailed it with one of the bags from Amazon and mailed it to Milan and just like crossed my fingers. The rest is history. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible story. And I feel like that story is going to be like once Vogel reaches that point, it's going to be like the, the story of all stories. I mean, that is um, it's just crazy. I don't know. Like, like, what are the odds, really? Like, that's, that's what, what I would say. Like, yeah. Um, that kind of thing. What are the odds? And but that's awesome. I mean, you, you have to kind of pat yourself on the back for just going for it. And I think you said something uh, again that was so right where you were saying you were saying, like, if you don't do it, like you always question it. You'll always yeah. question it. And opportunities don't come around as often. And maybe you could have started Vogel off of a different basis, but what you've done and what you went after is probably going to be, um, or is definitely infinitely more special because of the fact that you went after it in Italy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think I look at a lot of situations and opportunities, not as in like what could go wrong, but like if I don't do it, I'll always wonder. And I think that's, been risky but it's always really paid off as well 
Definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's talk about um, some of your most recent additions, your bag additions. Uh, what did you What did you originally come out with? And then let's talk about um, the two new colors that you just came out with, uh, the bags that you just came out with. So I started on February 5th, 2020 was when I launched and I had the original collection. So it was just a leather shoulder bag with a leather strap, um, black, camel, and white. And those are always going to be restocked. They're kind of the backbone of the collection and they sell really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the original collection. I, I'm out of them right now, but I'm going to restock them. And then in July, I had the chain collection. So it was just a chain strap and it was red, green, and black. And those did incredibly well as also. And then I, since then, I've kind of grown the Instagram. You know, I'm almost at 2000, which isn't crazy big, but I feel like it's good. And um, <laughs> Snowball. it's snowballing for sure. Snowballing, yes. And I started running polls asking my customers what they want because I can of course design stuff and put it out but I also want their input mm-hmm. and I ran I asked a ton of questions and one of them was what do you prefer the original strap or the chain strap and it was literally 50 50 between like 300 people so mm-hmm. I was like okay this is telling me something and I was prototyping a crossbody and he sent me the hook that, you know, you can change out the straps. And so I had that already and was using it. And then I was messaging him being like, what if we did that to the new collection of the yeah. shoulder bags and had both straps? So that's how that came about. And it's been great because you're paying, you know, way less for two bags instead of buying the two bags. Exactly. So it's been a really great addition. And I think people were like, pretty shocked when I posted the pictures of it, but it's been super good. So that was limited edition. And that was one thing my manufacturer said was you should make that limited edition because you don't want to change your original line, the three original bags. So they're limited edition, beige, blue, camel, and white. So camel and white were the same. And the colors I chose because I ran polls and I asked people, what they wanted I asked them you know if I didn't list a color what do you want to see and I think that's something that I didn't set out to do when I started Vogel but I've noticed that it really engages people it makes them excited about the new collections and it's something that we see a lot with like beauty brands and clothing brands and hair brands like everything but accessories and leather accessories I think are just a, a little out of reach that way they're not as relatable yet with the customer and so i really want to bring that in and that proved to be super successful with the last collection so definitely and i think that you know when you set out to make product um and obviously you're talking about you know a luxury good a leather bag is a luxury good right um you you want to have that connection you're not you know you're not louis vuitton you you know you know and and sometimes you can get into this kind of mindset of well i'm gonna just do it like at the big fashion how the big fashion houses do it and you can't you can't start like that you really can't you have to have a connection with the people around you um and you just have to grind and and work slowly to build an audience to build people who really support what you do i think you're doing a great job and i um i love the i love the my favorite is the blue uh, and because I love blue, yeah. obviously I'm I'm not gonna be. It's the demographic is not for myself, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just looking at it, um, I I really like the blue, and I I like what you did with the the inner lining too. I think that was a nice touch as yeah. well. The lining is beautiful. It was inspired by the Italian coast. I mean, 
anywhere in Italy, but especially the coast, you'll see like those beautiful tiles everywhere. And yeah. you know, that, that really inspired me and stuck with me ever since I've been there. Definitely. So I told my manufacturer I wanted to incorporate that. And we went through a few different, I was sending him Pinterest screenshots and he was sending me kind of patterns that he has. And that's how we came upon that. And I think that adds such a dimension to the limited edition piece of it. And then they have mm-hmm. the gold plates inside that are numbered. So we made it as personalized and limited as we could. And I think that's been super great for the, you know, it just like ups the design capability as well. Definitely. We're super excited to see that. Definitely. And, you know, one of the questions that I kind of get often um, from people who listen to this podcast that they want me to ask this question, let's talk a little bit about um, time management. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you manage your time during the week? I know you have probably other things that you also have to work on and just life things you have to do. Um, but how do you manage your time during the week when you own a business? I think that's something that I actually really struggle with in different ways. Um, I'm sure you can relate, and a lot of people is. Wait, hold on, Laura. I think I lost you for a second. Okay. Say say everything you said again. I can hear you. I just heard you say that. That was really weird. Weird. Okay. Um, I think that time management is something that I struggle with. Not in a way of like, I'm not putting enough time, but I can't turn it off at night and in the morning. And, you know, if I'm going on a walk or if I'm with people, like I just can't turn it off. And yep. I think that's really honestly not good. <laughs> and, um it's also just so lonely having a business and, you know, this whole work from home environment right now with COVID it's, I can't even go sit in a coffee shop at this point. So it's Mm -hmm. super lonely and it's challenging and I cannot turn it off. And that's something, you know, I read a lot of books about entrepreneurs and their story. And that's something I've noticed with a lot of people is like, if I wasn't putting in 24 hours a day, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. And that's kind of how I feel with it. And I've talked to, you know, my family and friends about it here and there. And it's something that I'm actively working on fixing because I know it's like, it can burn me out. It can make me, you know, really analyze what I'm doing too much or give me anxiety about, well, if I just would have, you know, done this today, then I'm not giving myself a break. And so I've gotten really good. I ordered a really nice planner probably six or seven months ago. Great. And I time block. And I know that's super, you know, cliche or whatever, but it really does help. And it, Mm. I write down the night before everything I need to do tomorrow. So I'm not really doing too much planning ahead and I go through it and I block it out. And there's something about just actively crossing things off throughout the day that makes you feel more productive and lets you recognize the things that you've done that day. Mm. And that's something that I'm, getting better at but I've I'm too hard on myself about that like I'm I don't celebrate the little wins I'm starting to but it's something that I've noticed I'm not you know good at and then it's causing me to feel like I'm not doing enough or whatever and I've noticed with a lot of podcasts and books that I'm reading people in this stage of you know business feel the same way so I think it's just time block um I work from home. So I, you know, get up, have my coffee breakfast and by nine o'clock, I have to be upstairs working 
or yeah. else I'll just start a show and sit there or, you know, scroll on Pinterest or something. Right. Um, and then I turn it off at five. I have to, or else I will sit here all night and um, burn out. Definitely. So definitely. And then I schedule a workout in the middle of the day. And I remember for so long, I was like, I can't just work out in the middle of the day. Like I could be getting X, Y, and Z done. And I think that that has helped me so much by time blocking and giving myself those times during the day to like kind of chill and analyze and reflect. And I think that's really helped me productively and mm. it's just given me like a better rhythm, I think. Definitely. And I, I mean, it's funny. We have a really similar approach where I've, I do the same thing the night before. I always write out the things I want to do the day and then I cross them out. Or I think I put a check mark by him or something like that, essentially. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's too, like, when you when you start something and, and something becomes, like, your, your baby, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you put so much time into it. And it can feel like you want to get everything done in one day, but you just can't. And you have to know that you can't. It's just not possible. Um, and so that's where, you know, you have to understand everyone has to understand you, me, anyone who's listening that, um, you know, slow and steady wins the race is a, is a truism, right? You have to be able to work, you know, nine to five, you know, for five years versus, um, you know, uh, seven to 10 for three months. You know what I mean? Um, that's a huge thing that, um, that I think is really important. I'm glad you kind of shared your, your personal routine. Yeah. Um, but one of the the questions I'm really curious to hear your answer for is, uh, what is your ultimate goal for Vogel? Um, what do you ultimately want to accomplish with your business? Where do you ultimately want to be? Um, it's a hard question because you know when a business is, you know, a year and some change old, it's it's hard to know. But um, I'm kind of curious to hear what you say. I feel like this is an interesting question because it's something I've been in the past just couple of weeks really thinking about and editing I think it's because I hit my one-year milestone and now I'm like okay what am I going to do with this like what do I really want it to be and I'm really inspired by the brands where you also know the founder and you know what's going on behind the scenes and the transparency and I've really been working on making myself more synonymous with the brand and making it like a young girl that started this and here's my story. So, and since I've done that on social media and opened up about that, every, like so many more girls that I don't know will message me and want to have a conversation or be like, I just got my order and I loved it because they know that I'm on the other end and not some, you know, marketing person or whatever. Like it's really me on the other end. And that's something that I really, really want to carry out and make it a lifestyle brand um, you know, I want to go to Italy and take vlogs and, you know, show the language and the people and show my manufacturer and make it a lifestyle and not just a bag. And I also really want to emphasize travel with it because I would not have this brand or any of the experiences I've had or be the person I am without travel. And I really want to emphasize female travel and how yeah. to do that and female entrepreneurship. So I do want to expand into like, photography of Italy and videography of Italy and vlogs and handbags and little scarves and things like that. And then also have it be 
completely lifestyle where it's very synonymous and I want it to represent, you know, diversity and female entrepreneurship and eventually have a giving back part of it where we support female entrepreneurs domestically and internationally and highlight their stories. So it's, I want it to be handbags, but I want it to be so much more than that. And I also want to make sure I'm doing the Italian culture as service, you know, by showing their language and their food and their culture and their arts as I go to Italy once travel resumes and stuff. Right. So, you know, a handbag brand, but also a female entrepreneur and her story and everyone else's story that's a female entrepreneur and just kind of like a community of that as well as handbags and accessories. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. And is there anything, Laura, that you're currently learning right now? Um, anything that you've been interested in? Maybe it could be a TV show. Uh, it could be, a, like you said, you've read some books. Is there anything that you you've learned or are learning in the year 2021? I think there's a lot that I'm trying to work on. Um, I'm learning Italian. I knew some, I was pretty good at Spanish a few years ago, so it's a little easier because they're pretty similar, but I'm learning Italian and working on that. Um, I'm trying to get better at like vlogging and Final Cut Pro and Photoshop and InDesign and all that. So that's another thing that I'm tackling photoshop Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm trying to learn i have no experience with those platforms but definitely that and i think just like there's i'm learning every single day like i'm reading a lot of books from entrepreneurs and listening to podcasts and i'm just learning how everybody else has done it even though nobody else knew what they were doing and you think they do but there's really a story and a million failures before they hit success and from the outside looking in it might not seem like that so I'm just Mm -hmm. learning you know patience and perseverance and goal setting and time management as well as Italian and Photoshop and Final Cut Pro just you know bettering myself on the business standpoint but also on a personal level and like being realistic but also being goal setting and high achieving definitely I mean you're on the right track and (sighs) I just can't wait to see, you know, two years, three years, four years from now. Um, one of the last questions I want to ask you, Laura, and I love asking this question as well, is, you know, above all else, what do you want people to know about Vogel? I think I want people to know. That's a tough one. Yeah, take your time. Uh, there's no pressure at all. My podcast, there's no pressure allowed. <laughs> I'm letting my dog out one second. I know you want to go see it. Intermission, everyone. She's letting her dog out. So, um. Okay. Um. I think I want people to know that there's such a story behind it. And, like, it really is possible to do things like this. I mean, I'm from Denver. I have no family in the fashion industry. No one in my family is an entrepreneur, really. And I was still able to, like, take risks, get myself to Italy and start this business. And I think it's just, it seems like starting a business is so scary, and it really is. Um, But I think if anyone... If anyone visits my page or my website or whatever and walks away thinking 
oh my gosh, this young girl did that herself. And this is really cool. Maybe I actually can do it. Or maybe even if it's not business, but it gives them the confidence of doing something else in their life that they've been wanting to do, but it's been a little scary. Then that's all I really care about. I think it's just empowering other people through my story um, to try everything and give, take those risks and make the most out of their talents and their drive, I think. Definitely. And I, I love it. I literally love that because um, we're very like-minded in that sense. And um, you'll never know how many people you inspire. Um, And I I really want to say thank you for the, for the courage. You know what I mean? Because it takes a lot of courage to do what you do. And, you know, it's incredible to see the growth. And um, I'm happy for you. We'll have to do it again in 2022. Yes, Um, in a yearly thing. That that would actually be really cool, like a check-in. Yeah, they actually um, kind of sidetracking. I can't remember what this is, but there's like this. There's this video done with Billie Eilish. I don't know if you've I seen this. I was just thinking about the same thing. Yeah. With, isn't it Vanity Fair or Variety? It might be Vanity. Yeah, something something with it's, a V. It's every year, and I think it's the most interesting thing. And I remember this year, I don't, or 2020, I guess it was, I was, like, waiting for it to come out. Because I, yeah. I just love seeing other people's growth, both, like, physically and emotionally and whatever. Definitely. I think that was really cool. It is really cool. And... Uh, I love to see, like you said, the progression, like her hair. Yeah. She grows up a little bit more. She talks a little bit differently. What she has yeah. to say. Very, it's very interesting. So Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'm so excited for you as well. I think. Thank you. All the different operations you're running, you know, your business, the podcast. I think it's super, super cool and motivating. So I'm glad we connected. Thank you. And uh, I really appreciate it. I want to be rude. I want to ask one more question, That's which perfect. is, where can people find out more about you, social medias and whatnot? Um, so I finally got the Vogel Instagram without the underscores. So it's just Vogel. I know. I know. My trademark went through, so I was able to file that. So it's at Vogel, V-O-G-E-L-L-E on Instagram. And then website is Vogel.com. And I'm on TikTok, but it's not super big yet. But maybe in a year it will be. Who knows? Maybe in a year it will be. <laughs> yeah. So follow there if you want to see my mediocre packaging videos and stuff. And yeah, mainly just Instagram and my website. And then all email subscribers get 20% off. So that's a good little discount. So definitely, definitely. Laura, thank you. Um, great guest. Uh, definitely yeah. an inspiring guest. And um, just want to say thank you for coming on. Seriously. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's nice to go through these questions and reflect a little bit. I think it helps me in a lot, a lot of ways, like almost like a therapy session. So it's Definitely. really cool to talk it out. <laughs> Definitely. I, I was saying we did a live stream. Um, I did a live stream. It didn't have more than 10 people. But I think the, the people who get the most value out of podcasts is me and you. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like I get to learn about, you know, I, I get to learn from you and then you have a chance to just talk it out. <laughs> yeah, so, I think that really does help so much. So it's yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gain some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you next time.